Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Before we even get started, I just want to give you some housekeeping things. So I recently read Pride and Premeditation by Tarza Price. It is so good. It is my favorite Pride and Prejudice retelling right now. Um, so it's kind of like murder mystery. Uh, it's just, it's so good. Uh, please read it. There will be a Patreon episode coming out in about March um, with Bethany from Prince Kai Fan Pod. So please check that out. It'll be a lot of fun. Also, if you haven't joined the Patreon yet, uh, it's now don- donation based. So starting at $3 a month, um, you can get unlimited access to everything that's on the Patreon. And you can listen to the backlog of all those Patreon exclusive episodes and the ones that are coming out. So every single month, uh, the first Friday of the month, there is a Pride and Prejudice, or sorry, not Pride and Prejudice, there's a Patreon exclusive episode every single month. So please consider checking that out. And speaking of Patreons, thank you, Bethany, for joining the Patreon. Um, It's awesome. I appreciate it a lot. So uh, yeah, if you want to join the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash barelybookish and you can see all those great things. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today, we are continuing on with Kindred with Candace. Hi. We are now going to be discussing the fall. And again, just still really digging this book so far. Um, very stressed out, but digging it. So mm-hmm. so the fall starts out with uh, Dana is uh, working at something called a casual labor agency, but she's calling it a slave market. So like this is like a flashback into we're getting a little bit of insight between her and Kevin's relationship, mm-hmm. which I'm going to have a lot talk about Mm -hmm. and um yeah so this is like before they were married and where they just met Mm -hmm. so dana and kevin uh were both working at an auto parts store um which he worked at and then she was like a temp person so uh she just like kind of filled in when people needed things and like they were sending her out on different jobs just like basically what it sounded like making below minimum wage just... yeah it sounded like warehousing or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it sounds terrible that's mm-hmm. all i gotta say <laughs> like poor for for dana she's really going through it like she really is, is. yeah so kevin asked her to lunch because he heard that she was also a writer which still trying to figure out how she he heard that um you know seems a little sus but it's fine i don't trust this man <laughs> No, me either. Good. Um, I don't trust him at all. I mean, he seems fairly genuine when when you, when you see it from her perspective because, like, he talks. She talks about like in, in Dana's flashback. She talks about you know how like she was kind of attracted to him because he was kind of like he was aloof to everyone but her. Mm-hmm. You know, he took an interest in her before she took an interest in him, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the way she talks about him is so favorable. Um, but I feel like like it's there's also something a little ominous about the way that they've met, especially because like, you know, like you said, she kind of immediately likens it to um, a slave mm-hmm. market, 
right? Mm -hmm. And I think that like when I read that, it was so powerful because I was like, oh my God, you don't even know where you are or when you are right now. Like yet, Mm -hmm. like you, you have like a glimpse into when you are, but like you don't really, really know. Like she hadn't really experienced you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like she's she's flashing back to this time and she was like, oh, my God, it was slave labor, not realizing that like you will soon know what slave labor is, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Mean? Right. Like, so I, like <laughs> very <you> know, stressful. <laughs> I feel like people really, you know, it's like all things people kind of end up taking words that are, were really impactful and like diluting to them. Yeah. Like and just using them in everyday language yeah. and it's like this is one of those moments where it's like oh oh yikes I don't, I don't like that i i hope kevin gets better but i, I hate that man me too because okay. he's not great and i feel like they give us like again she gives us this glimpse into who he used to be mm-hmm. and even then his questions are dumb like he's asking her like oh do you fail out of college and stuff instead of assuming like he notices that she doesn't eat her lunch he notices that mm-hmm. she works this like job that's beneath her And he makes assumptions about her anyway, Mm -hmm. even though it's pretty clear that there must be more to that story. You know, he's always kind of been that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he feels like he has a lot of internalized racism too, you know, and it's like that mixed with the fact that he feels like a pedophile. Like he really does. Like he feels like he's grooming her. Like, this entire interaction, it feels like grooming. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. I could see that. Yeah. See that. And it, it feels like, it feels like, you know, he's, he's down on his luck mm-hmm. to him. But when he looks at her, I feel like he thinks that that's like, like, she's doing better than expected. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, the part where he, like, you know, where they, like, you know, talk or whatever, and they, they, like, move in and all that stuff. And, like. You know, when she talks about how, like, oh, yeah, you know, he he wanted me to, like, type up his pages for him, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're both – he finds out they're both writers, and yet he still kind of gets to a place where, like, she's going to be his secretary somehow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just he just devalues her mm-hmm. from, from jump, like, from the beginning of their relationship. And it's like, you know, does it say more about him that he would treat her that way? Or does it say more about her state of mind and the state of our country at this time? because it's the 70s that this woman puts up with it because she feels like you know this is actually pretty good compared to what she could expect from the average white person yeah like very much i saw this tiktok video i guess Mm -hmm. about this woman talking about her ex-boyfriend and how he was like a really nice person Mm -hmm. but like he wasn't a good partner and like this feels like kevin like he doesn't seem like a bad person like he doesn't seem like he does anything terrible he's like kind of thoughtful but he's not a good partner right and i don't like him i don't like him at all no no she'd be better off kind of on her own in my Mm -hmm. opinion like you know before that she was at least inspired you know she talks about how inspired she is and she talks about the reasons that even though she has you know most of her degree under her belt and unfortunately Mm -hmm. like ran out of you know like care Mm -hmm. for what she was studying and you know wanted to kind of take that further in a different direction Mm -hmm. um was trying to figure out what that was when she met him like even though that's her reality i still feel like you know he doesn't do anything to like help her get there you know what i mean like he doesn't like and like it doesn't feel like he like really encourages her he doesn't take her seriously Mm -hmm. um and that's something that i find like really unforgivable because she talks at length about how much she supported him yeah yeah i hate him 
I hate yeah. him so much. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, we'll Absolutely. get into it more, but like mm-hmm. going back to the story. So they're eating lunch and Kevin's like, hey, I sold my first book, so I'm quitting. And I'm like, of course you are, Kevin, because like that seems very Kevin of him. Like, yeah, I, okay, I love, yeah, I love <laughs> and I appreciate authors. All of you are doing great. But like, could you imagine you sold one book, one book, and you're yep. like, great, now I can quit my job and do this full time. Like, I don't yeah. know a single author who committed that hard after selling their very first book. I think most yeah. people probably were like, okay, let me write a second one before I fully, you know. And I, I Completely feel like, agree. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of authors still do something at least part time just to make sure that you have like a steady paycheck that isn't your own thing you know and i don't yeah. think that's rude to say i think that most people probably agree but like absolutely I, yeah i think that like says so much about him yeah well like if you look at um uh children of blood and bone right tell me at a at a i believe you say mm-hmm. her name you pronou- that's how you pronounce it so she's a, she's a doctor mm-hmm. in real life and she's still a doctor like she still does her doctoring she's not like nope <laughs> a doctor of medicine not doctoring yeah wow yeah that's Love what I'm saying. That for her like this, the lady, game. this lady like did her job and mm-hmm. wrote like a pretty long book that book is not a small book yeah and then is now writing a sequel and helping with the mm-hmm. screenplay and i think she still is a doctor i mean maybe not right now that like the movie is being made but like when her book came out and like was started being a bestseller she was still a doctor wow. and like i have i have a friend that's a that's a prominent graphic novelist she works on mm-hmm. teenage mutant ninja turtles now like she's a big deal mm-hmm. and i remember when i first met sophie she was working part-time at like a Kinko's like she'd work the graveyard shift at Kinko's mm-hmm. because she could make like you know copies of all her comics so it was like a win-win but mm-hmm. she would work like anywhere between eight and like sometimes 14 hours a day of like somebody called out and like she had already published with Oni Press she had published mm-hmm. with um with Vertigo I think already she had done like a couple of Vertigo comics and stuff so mm-hmm. like she was she was fairly prolific she was on the rise and didn't quit her job so I, I do think that that is very, especially because like he's comfortable enough to quit his job, right? He's comfortable financially mm-hmm. enough to quit his job, but he's not yeah. comfortable hiring someone to type his stupid book. And like the other thing is too, is like <laughs> he's comfortable enough to quit this job that obviously doesn't have like a severance package or like yeah. anything like retirement, nothing. Like it doesn't have anything of continual value. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it, it doesn't seem like there's anything that it would have paid him well, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like, it, this feels like a very much a minimum wage to, like, $10 an hour type job. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying about about him and, and his perspective. Like, he doesn't seem to... He doesn't recognize his privilege. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't recognize it at all. He just kind of, like, dives headlong into it and is like, yeah, figure it out. Like, some mm-hmm. people don't have the you know the privilege of saying yeah, i'll figure it out you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and like i'm you know i'm i'm certainly not somebody who can just be like i'll figure it out you know what i mean i've mm-hmm. i've been working at my job for some time um and you know like even when you want something more challenging sometimes it's not the right time to leave like yeah you know we were just discussing a little while ago march 2020 wasn't the time to leave anyone's job um <laughs> that's when i left my job but i did right. live with my parents so because <laughs> you could leave yeah right? i had so the privilege like, of doing that okay i'll yeah. be honest like not a good idea but like i was literally in my parents the house my bedroom at my parents house and i was like mm, 
yeah okay <laughs> well, this is what i'm saying so i think that like he just doesn't he doesn't recognize like i know that i mean if i quit my job tomorrow would i largely be okay yeah i think i could probably get another mm -hmm. job quickly enough to like keep myself afloat mm -hmm. but like i still think about you know what the future holds i still plan i still am like mm, you know what it's better to you know better to stay than to just like you know fly off the handle and go or something like that but this guy isn't thinking through his life no he's he just care. like ah. he's talking to 22 year olds at warehouses yeah keep in mind we find out kevin is hold on i wrote it in my notes and i can tell 12 you 12 years old yeah isn't he like 36 34 he's 34 and she's 22 yeah so she's that's like, grooming uh, yeah it feels that way i just it feels that way it does feel like grooming because could you he could have a child her age yeah technically it's weird i don't like it i don't like it if there's enough distance between you and your spouse that you could have a kid in that time that yeah. horrifies me yeah yeah i think that um i don't know i think that it's very it's 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 mentioned off it's mentioned very offhandedly mm -hmm. and it takes what a hundred it takes like 50 how many pages 57 pages for her for her to acknowledge that gigantic age difference mm -hmm. so like it takes you know 57 pages too i'm pretty sure for you to find out that he's white as well i think that's mm -hmm. the first time that she's like he's a different looking white guy and she explains like what he looks yeah. like yeah. so like it takes 57 pages for her to be like all right i'm gonna tell you this and like you have to think too like when this was published and when it's set mm -hmm. like i'm sure that it was probably already awkward enough for her you know what i mean like we find out you know more about like you know her her dating him and what people said and what people thought and all that stuff like in their families later mm -hmm. on but like you know that's that's pretty prolific like usually in a family just the age difference would be shocking mm -hmm. and crazy you know but this is like yeah i had to text you may december and fucking <laughs> i had to text you and i was like um so kevin's white question mark question mark question mark <laughs> i was like yep 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 he sure is i know right you yeah think about that <laughs> i i didn't even i didn't assign him anything i just like right, assigned just him like, the name yep, and then like you know i don't know i was like this is Kevin. And then, like, it's not that him being white's a big deal. It's the fact that she's going back in time to a slave market that he's white and it's a big deal. You know what of I course. mean? It's situationally a big deal. Yeah. 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 I'm like, mm, okay, this is worse. This just got worse. Thank yeah. you. Yes, absolutely. So much worse. So much worse. <laughs> but also slightly better for a little bit, which right. I imagine is your segue into this next part. Mm -hmm. But, like, arguably that's not better yeah it's just yeah. different <laughs> so as we did mention that he noticed she wasn't eating so kevin bought her lunch um and then made a bunch of assumptions about her life but dana literally tells us that she used to work as an at an aerospace company as a typist and uh she did the newspaper and press releases for the entire department uh, or the entire company before the department got laid off and i'm like literally girl bossing yeah and had to go from girl bossing to trash job that kind of allows her to get more writing done but like and kevin's just like oh you just you know don't do anything with your life like no kevin <laughs> yeah. 
first of all like this type of that type of career like temp agency stuff is literally what new college grads do if you don't find a job right away it's perfect for most new college what do you think an internship is basically absolutely you know absolutely so it's like she's been in the time of her life what does it say about you kevin that you're working at the same company yeah that hired someone to do this you know what i mean like it says more about him than it does about her absolutely and i think that like you know that's i think i wonder if that's like part of why he's like i've got to leave here right away because Mm -hmm. he realizes that he shouldn't be there and like that's like the one time that i feel like he is trying to get her to leave is like when he's like well i've made it and i'm leaving and you'll Mm -hmm. make it and you'll leave you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's the one the one time that i was like huh um but like it's still not enough like it's not enough and you know it's interesting too like her segue like butler's segue from Mm -hmm. the last scene to this one right to like this new one because Mm -hmm. like she goes from like having this conversation um where like she has this conversation with kevin like about you know like what happened and where she was and you know like someone was trying to kill me and like it was really scary and you look like the patroller and she's like giving him all this context Mm -hmm. you know surrounding you know where she was how she's feeling Mm -hmm. what she's going to expect for the next time that she gets pulled in right Mm -hmm. and like then it just like flashes flashes back to like how they met and like Mm -hmm. my first my first instinct was why are we talking about this now yeah like what does this have to do with anything Mm -hmm. like you flashed forward you came back like what what is why what's yeah. next you know what i mean like i was very intrigued by her her decision to kind of bounce around and i wonder if it's meant to like make us feel as jarred as she feels bouncing mm-hmm. through time because it seems so random mm-hmm. i like that idea i do i really like that that theory like i really like this writing style i'm not normally a big like uh what's that called like i don't like flashes mm-hmm. through time much yeah i'm not the biggest fan of that but like the way she breaks it up by like chapter and like segues to it mm-hmm. i really like it i really yeah. do yeah. it's it's very good and i think it works perfectly for this story because it's like you know as she's flashing through time herself as you said she, we're also flashing through the story so it doesn't feel like jarring as much i agree or yeah. i guess it does feel jarring but like not to the point where it's like uh, you know, she's walking through a rose bush. Remember roses that she saw when she was a child? You know, like it's not yeah. that sense. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, that was 1,500 pages ago. I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's just like the hot tub episode in anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Naruto Shippuden flashback episodes, in which in the middle of a war scene that we're still trying to get through for 50 episodes. Yep. Casual. Yep, we're going to take you down this long and winding road mm-hmm. through all of our greatest hits. You're like, yeah, you mean all the greatest hits I just binge-watched, like, within the last two weeks? Could you, like, get it on, please? I literally still need someone to mark down the Naruto Shippuden episodes where it's actually the fight that's going on. Because I gave up. Like, I think it was, like, a hundred-something episodes in. And I'm like, at this point, I don't even remember what, like, fun- fight punch we're on. Like, I don't remember who's going or what's happening. I just remember these weird plot lines we've got. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need all of it. Thank you. (laughs) Uh. Anyways. (laughs) 
So her job and his job ended on the exact same day. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he invites her to a play because she's a captive hostage. Yep. So the date of the play, uh, she invited him home with her. And like, here's my thing though. Again, going back to, I really legitimately feel like he groomed her because she was a captive because he made her have lunch with her, with him mm-hmm. every single day she was there. So of mm-hmm. course she grew to like him because he was around and paid attention to her and she didn't have anybody else in her life at that point. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he had like two weeks to do this or like 10, right. 10 days. I don't know. 10 businesses. I don't know. Um, and then invites her to a play immediately after so it's like she never gets away from him she never gets like a step back from him like she sees him every day yeah he overwhelms her yes yes absolutely and i hate and then he tells her that she looks older of course he does (laughs) like this dude is just like strike it out man by the way you old bitch i mean how old are you (laughs) she's like 22 he's like oh well you look old like who says that to somebody it felt very much like that you're mature for your age thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, gross. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I yeah. do not trust this man. Like, get her away. Get a divorce. Get out of there, girl. Yeah. And of course, of course, just thinking about it, too. He has an office. He does. She doesn't have an office. No, because he has a fancier job. I'm sure he probably makes slightly more money, too. Just based on, you know. Because again, like she's no, talking in their about home. how this. Oh, that's right. In her home. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. In her home. They're yes, both writers, apparently. <laughs> he has an office. Where is her she shed? Yeah. No, she don't have one. Not a one. Not a nary she shed in sight. Yeah. She was putting her bookshelves up in the living room and he has an office. Well, he's like encroaching on territory too. Like, oh, are you really going to put that there? Like, get out of here. <laughs> Literally. And like she was talking about, like, you know separating out all that stuff but like ah yeah no so something something else that kind of caught my eye too is the mm-hmm. way that that ends i put like a little note for myself um so she says like you said uh she brings him home the mm-hmm. night was even better she says you know whatever sometime during the early hours of the next morning when we lay together tired and content in my bed i realized that i knew less about loneliness than i had thought and much less than I would know when he went away. So in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if you spend a good night with a man, mm-hmm. right? With a person, whatever. And you like, when you're by yourself, you think you know everything about loneliness. And mm-hmm. then you're like, actually, you didn't know anything about loneliness until this moment. And I'm like, so does that mean she feels a little bit lonelier with him? Or does that mean that like, she thought she was, she didn't know she was lonely before? yeah because like one of them is she's giving him her whole heart and trust Mm -hmm. right and one of them is she kind of knows that this isn't perfect Mm -hmm. but then like she says like much less than i would know when he went away so like to me like they can't both be like you know this dire loneliness of being by yourself and like Mm -hmm. not having someone to love like i feel like they can't both mean the same thing i feel like one means I wasn't that lonely and the other one means I miss him you know what I mean mm-hmm. and plus it's like too it's making her reliant on him like yeah. they've not known each other 
long enough for her to be lonely when he's not there but he's made it to the point where it's like every waking moment is about him and her while she's at her job and it's already basically been established that she doesn't get to like have much time away like she works from moment she wakes up to moment she goes to bed so it's like yeah if this guy's giving you attention for what's probably eight to ten hours a day sure you're gonna be like relying on that attention yeah and and i i think that's like especially true when you when you consider like the juxtaposition between how he behaves in the early days of their relationship mm-hmm. and then her like forced loyalty and obligation to rufus like both of these like white men are like inundating her with their neediness mm-hmm. even though both of them should be completely capable of taking care of themselves like granted rufus is a kid yeah maybe but, not like, rufus but soon right i mean he has more agency than she does in that time period mm-hmm. you know like he's not in grave danger his dad's never gonna kill him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it's not like there's you know he is in less danger than she is yeah you know and the only reason that i think like she she like allows that to be you know the reason for her the, the i think the, the reason that she allows herself to kind of be swept up in rufus is because like once she starts realizing like you know oh you know someone named alice i know that i have someone named alice in my family and Mm -hmm. she starts putting those pieces together she realizes that she's literally fighting for her life and like i'm wondering like you know is that how is that how you feel too like do is that how she felt too to a lesser degree Mm -hmm. with kevin you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like is she fighting for a life that like he's put in front of her that's better than what she was doing before you know he Mm -hmm. finds out that she typed for an aerospace you know facility or whatever like some rocket science level stuff mm-hmm. and is like oh well then you won't have any problem being my secretary Literally. instead of being like oh so you're Literally. brilliant and you can you can understand all these algorithms and all of mm-hmm. these reports and oh so you're really smart like no he's like mm-hmm. oh so you're a good typist he's like perfect <laughs> great great don't mind if i do yeah he I, I literally think he like married her so he wouldn't have to pay for a secretary i mean I, I would argue that he doesn't really show enough love and affection mm-hmm. to to you know even fight you on that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he just seems to really be in love with the idea of her instead of actually her. Like, yes. and I don't I don't know. We don't get any sort of like. I don't think he said I love you yet. Hmm. To be honest, like That's I don't. A good question. I don't remember him saying. I don't. I wish I had the Kindle book and then I could just search that. Yeah. But I don't feel like he said... And honestly, I don't know if she said it either. Like, it doesn't seem like she's overly in love with him either. Yeah, it seems like it's convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he said that he needs her, but need and love are two very different things. Exactly. Like, they feel like they're just roommates who sleep together. And yeah. just happen to have gotten married. Yep. Hmm listeners let me know if i'm wrong if tell me the page number that someone says i love you okay like because I, I, at this point i need it and someone needs to tell me i need to know <laughs> but um then we get flashback to modern day and dana is reasonably afraid to be in a moving car and she's like listen i'm not going with you to the library this is a terrible idea like what if i come back and i'm just in the center of the road which 
honestly, can we just appreciate her for having like the only logic in this entire book? Yep. Yep. Like yeah. she doesn't question getting thrown back in time. She immediately goes, well, she questions it, but like in a normal amount. And then she immediately like, how do I handle this? And what do I do? Like, she's mm-hmm. not like, oh, this is unfair. This is not something I should go to. Let me right. go get a person, you know? Like she's like <laughs> fight to survive. Yeah. And I have to appreciate her for that. Like, I'm sure it's horrifying, but like, I'm just happy that she did that and this book can continue on instead of editing on page like 25 (laughs) yeah i mean she that's the thing that i think is is one of the best parts about this happening to this specific character Mm -hmm. is that we know because of all her like weird odd jobs that she has a lot of different kinds of skills and we also know that like out of necessity she is somebody who you know is a problem solver Mm -hmm. so like this logic that she that she kind of you know like clings to right in this book that like makes her definitely stand out from like all the other characters and to you know help help us kind of on our journey of trying to understand what's going on and and kind of piece that together alongside her Mm -hmm. i feel like you know there's a lot of downplaying like she does a lot she spends a lot of time in this book kind of downplaying herself Mm -hmm. and how amazing she is even though we're kind of on the front lines watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I really like her a lot. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. And I'm excited to see her throughout the book, but you'd write Kevin out. Like, I don't care about him at all. <laughs> like, I know he makes it through because he's in the hospital room at the beginning of the book, but like, if he just happened to get stuck back in time, I wouldn't feel that bad. Yeah. Agree. Which, you know, we'll talk about when we get to the end of this reading, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, next point she starts getting sucked back in time and kevin because he's a absolute moron mm-hmm. decides the best way to handle this was to comfort her even though she was pushing him away yep he grabs on anyways which first of all speaking before we even get into this part everyone likes to be comforted in different ways and mm-hmm. he's trying to comfort her as he would want to be comforted yeah well he's a smotherer i know yeah Uh, even when she when she came back like the first and second times mm -hmm. like he wouldn't just like leave it alone she was like hey can you just let me sleep like i'm really nervous like i'm really scared like when that guy hit her Mm -hmm. and she came back with all her bruises and and marks all over her Mm -hmm. she was like hey i've just i've just got to just give me a minute like i need to catch my breath like i'm 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 fading out Mm -hmm. i don't want to go back there right now like let me just try to focus like she's being really specific about Mm -hmm. what she needs and he's just like did he rape you like that literally like how is that what you ask someone as their eyes are closing man I know. like you know what i mean like what so insensitive like does not care mm-hmm. and i i don't think that he's as like cold as like i think you know we are seeing him mm-hmm. but he certainly isn't as feeling as he needs to be in my opinion he's feels very like performatively empathetic you know he's asking the questions that he thinks you're supposed to ask someone mm-hmm. instead of listening to what she needs right yeah yeah and so he just like fully grabs onto her basically bear hugs her as she's being sucked into time which again terrible idea kevin does not think through any of his like actions at all like you have you don't know what's going on you have no idea what's happening here and your solution is to get two people mixed up in this problem 
like I'm all for, you know, your wife, like you and your partner wanting to work through something together. Mm-hmm. But not to the point where you're being sucked into the past uncontrollably. Um, and you decide that you also need to go into the past when really what should probably happen is one of you stays in time, if possible, to figure it out from the future when we have technology. You know, I don't think both of you going to the 1800s, not a great idea. I will say, if I were to go into the 1800s like this, I'd probably want to take Jason. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Because, like, Jason is white, Mm -hmm. and I I would feel like he would have a better chance at keeping me safe Mm -hmm. than I could keep myself safe. But, like, this is also not, you know, a man that even wants to acknowledge the differences mm-hmm. between them, like, day to day, let alone in this time period. So, yeah. very much a double-edged sword. I mean, he does provide her a modicum of safety mm-hmm. while he's there. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, she even says, like, you know, now that he's, like, now that, you know, he's traveling back in time with her, like... There's no guarantee that he's going to be able to keep her safe. Mm -hmm. And isn't this world going to change him? Yeah. What if this world rubs off on him and changes him? And the second I read her saying that, I was like, oh, because he's already terrible and you know that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You'd only be upset or concerned if you knew he was terrible Mm -hmm. already. Yeah. Plus, it's like, it's one thing because it depends on who you are as a person. Like, for her, she is so scrappy that it's easier for her to get through this world by herself and to get out of the situation like she can run and hide kevin's not gonna run and hide kevin would talk to the freaking patrollers you Mm -hmm. know and that's the problem okay because it's like here's the if you no like no so yeah i don't know i just think like it just depends on how you would handle like if you're gonna be a runner or if you're gonna like try and make the best of the situation and i Mm -hmm. think she's supposed to be a runner and kevin's trying to make the best of the situation which is not the solution no no not smart it's it's just you can't have two people trying to combat this in opposite ways you have to work together together. yep like she wanted to run originally and go north and he's like "Mm." now she's like i guess we'll teach rufus to be a good person like yeah i guess because you don't really have an option here yeah i mean that's the thing like i do wonder like if i were in that situation what would i like what would i want to do and i imagine i'd also want to flee but i also feel like part of me would be like yeah but even if i left like even if i ran away Mm -hmm. like what if I just get teleported right back here anyway and then I've made this fucking yeah. arduous trek where I've encountered all manner of racist individuals on the mm-hmm. road that have tried to kidnap me and sell me into slavery because I don't have my free papers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's like some some crazy next level shit. I mean, even just for her, like she's coming as, you know, in, the ni- in 1976, like people, black people were free, obviously, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't an easy time. Like the Black Panthers were out there trying to you know kind of subvert the status quo you had you know dr king was dead malcolm x was dead like Mm -hmm. all these great leaders had passed away you had you know people like john lewis that are trying to like work their way up in government and politics and things like that like you had 
a lot of people doing a lot of different kinds of work to try to like move African-American and, and black people forward mm -hmm. in America. And this person goes back to like the root of that back to this yeah. time that like people want to pretend didn't ex doesn't exist. I mean, even now we're still fighting about whether or not to educate people mm -hmm. on the horrors of slavery and how, how poorly black people have been treated and other minorities have been treated in this country. And like, that's such a waste because it, uh, it, 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 it basically circumvents like any kind of betterment, mm -hmm. any opportunity that we have to be better as a society. You know what I mean? So I think that like, that's that's why this is so much more evocative for me because I think about like you know I'm reading this you know rereading this I should mm -hmm. say in 2021 like she like she can't imagine Rufus's time but she certainly couldn't imagine this time yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. she couldn't imagine like what the future held whatsoever just like when she goes back in time they can't imagine like what you know what what reality she comes from mm -hmm. despite knowing that it must be different because of the way that she acts the way she carries herself whatever so like I just it's it just is so astounding to me how lost both of these people must feel, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And how at home one of them is going to feel eventually. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Kevin at all. I think he's gonna Yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy is gonna be like all right living yeah. in that time period and that freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. You should not be all right. And like the worst part too is like when he like attempts to stand up for her and makes it worse. Terrible. So, um, yeah, so she does end up accidentally taking Kevin to the past. Mm -hmm. uh, totally not her fault, but, you know, it, it happened. Mm -hmm. um, turns out that this time Rufus fell out of a tree and broke his leg. And I'm like, this kid gets into more trouble than I've ever seen any child get into. And yep. also, that's not life-threatening. I don't know why she got sucked back in time for that. It's not life-threatening. And that's what I'm saying. So, like... You've got two people, like two white men, mm -hmm. that are that are like making this woman be put upon. Like literally, they are taking her out of her life mm -hmm. so that she can make their life easier and better. I do just want to theorize like, really quick too, <laughs> because we know at the very first chapter, like the pre preface, mm -hmm. that she lost her arm because someone was it. She got sucked into a portal. Mm -hmm. So, was Rufus trying to grab her through this portal? That's a good question. Was, is there a possibility that he's going to try and not be with Alice, be with her instead? Does she try and use her? Like, I don't know. I'm starting to, like, at this point, really try and think what makes that situation occur. Yeah. And I'm getting nervous. Or did Rufus's dad try and pull her through? Yeah. And it makes you wonder too, like if it is Rufus's dad, does that mean that they're now in on the secret that there's this other mm -hmm. parallel world she comes from? Because if she was sucked through a portal, that means there's a portal for her to be sucked through. Yeah. And that means anybody can see it because we already know that like Rufus gets harbingers, right? He gets like little flashes, little moments in time where he's like, what? And he can kind of hear her or maybe mm -hmm. see what she's doing right before she goes through, right before she like lands. Mm -hmm. He can kind of hear her. He almost gets like the same aura that she gets, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but like, I do wonder because I think the first time that it happens, he doesn't like the very first time that he's like in the, in the river drowning, mm -hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't get like a, he doesn't like get like a strong sense of her. Mm -hmm. 
it's not as strong as the second time she comes and then he like really gets a strong sense then he like knows she's coming you know what i'm saying like he's like wait who's talking and like he sees her just like in her room or whatever and then the third time this third time that she came with kevin like he hears her like he knows she's coming you know it's 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 like less and less of a surprise each time she shows up which i'm like okay well does that mean that this kid has ultimate control over this Mm -hmm. and it seems like he's like omnipresent because he doesn't say he sees it through her eyes he sees her right so is it the house that she lives in is it just i don't know what it is but it freaks me out yeah what is he looking through yeah yes definitely a freak out i mean the only thing that i was happy about when her and kevin got pulled through this time is that i know she has her little canvas bag yeah but then like we find out that that idiot who's a writer and knows she's a writer for some reason didn't fucking add a pen and paper to the stupid or like a dress (laughs) Like, if you know you're like, going back to the 1800s, why would yeah. you put pants in there? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, peasant dress exists. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it is not that difficult. If you're going to the library anyways, just yeah. stop by a Walmart. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to lie to you. I do have an extensive collection of costumes in my house because yeah. of my various hobbies. Mm-hmm. However... Even if I didn't have various hobbies, I would still have at least one thing that could pass. It might look like a fancy version of something someone mm-hmm. might wear back then, but like it's it's good enough. I at least like have a modest dress that I can make work. Yes. Like people would if I got thrown back to eighteen hundreds, people would be like, uh, that looks a little weird. But they wouldn't be like, um, that's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like what I'm wearing right now, that's wrong. Yeah. So I just don't understand how this man, who's literally a writer, like your whole job as a writer is to make stories in your brain. Mm-hmm. How can you not envision that if she's getting a canvas bag, she probably needs a dress that's not pants. Not thinking about it. Not paying attention. Still barely <sighs> believes that this is happening to her. That's why. Yeah. It's not until he goes back himself and is like, oh, snap, you are in slavery times. Like, that's what it takes for this guy to be, like, bought in. Mm-hmm. Trash Outrageous. bag. Outrageous. So then Kevin gets, like, really defensive when Rufus calls uh, Dana the N-word and is kind of making fun of this. Uh, like, and he's kind of just making the entire situation worse. Yep. And he's, like, starts to, like, lecture Rufus. And Rufus is our only ally. The yeah. only one. You can't, you can't lecture your ally. You know? Like, no, I agree. Don't say that word. But also, how about we, like, don't worry about that right now? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this kid doesn't know. Yep. Well, I mean, when he calls her, when he calls her the N-word, it's because he's trying to explain to Rufus, like, who he is as a person. Mm -hmm. And that's his reaction. Like, N-words can't marry white people. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even know why he was surprised. Like, if he believed Dana, Mm -hmm. then he would have already thought of something better to say. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like... Like, that's what I mean about him. Like, he doesn't seem like he ever really, like, decides that he gets it mm-hmm. until he's there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, obviously you're going to want, like, to be doing covert ops. Like, this woman came home with bruises and welts and fucking blood on her yeah. from somebody beating her. So if you believe that you're actually back then, you're not going to say, like, 
she i mean even even when she like she's the one who convinces him like hey you need to play along mm-hmm. it's not like he's like hey i'm really sorry like mm-hmm. gonna come out straight away and say hey i'm really sorry i'm gonna have to pretend like i'm your master and that's gonna suck mm-hmm. but like it's gonna keep us safe it's gonna keep you safe and i'm gonna do everything i can to keep you safe like he's not even doing that it's not even like he's like you know what i'm gonna be your knight in shining armor mm-hmm. he's just like that's my wife and it's like i understand i understand you mm-hmm. saying that's my wife you're you're presenting this as care but it comes across as ownership yeah to me yeah it does rather than care and he does it to like i don't know i i don't think he does it out of the goodness of his heart i really don't like i think he knows in the back of his brain that this is going to make the situation worse yeah yeah does she belong to you he asks and 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 kevin goes in a way she's my wife does she belong to you she's my wife that's wild no that's wild yeah (laughs) like if you think you belong to someone because you're married that's the first problem yeah like that's some old school stuff and like she is not that's that that to me it was also jarring because it's so obvious that dana is a modern woman like Mm -hmm. even down to how she chose her career like when she was working at that temp agency like she even says she's like yeah the people who work with me like most of them aren't people that are just down on their luck they're like drunks or mm-hmm. you know they just got out of jail or like they're not they're not like you know the finest creme de la creme of society or whatever they're people that like had a hard life mm-hmm. or need a second chance or whatever mm-hmm. that's not who she is she's working that that job because it's easier for her it's more convenient for her whatever right mm-hmm. so like you see who she is and you see how she is you see how self-reliant she is you see how independent she is like mm-hmm. how strong and brilliant she is like she's already gone through this two times before this on her own and has been alive. I, mm-hmm. I can't even say that for myself. And I'd say I'm I'm pretty smart, but like I feel like I would already mouthed off to the wrong person and probably yeah. gotten like shot by now in this universe of me. I would have definitely not lasted more than like 20 minutes. So like there's this testament that we see of like how brilliant this woman is and how strong she is. And this man is like, Yeah, I own her. Yeah. She belongs to me because she's my wife. I really think like that's his thing. Like he likes owning her because she is a strong, independent woman and she doesn't need him. Like, she really doesn't. She has no benefit to this relationship at all. And I think he's power hungry. I really do. Yeah, I could see that. This is a Heaven Kate hate podcast. (laughs) Dana is trying to explain to Rufus uh, to not use the N-word. And she's like, hey, remember we kind of talked about this. Like, I don't like to be called that. And she's like trying to like basically because kevin opened the floodgates here she's like Mm -hmm. so this is where i'm from i'm from this year you know like that's why this happened because now she has to explain to a child time travel because kevin couldn't keep his mouth shut for three seconds yep who no one asked for this no so Jaina tells Rufus that they are from 1976 and Rufus is like, mm, I don't know about that. But the thing I think is interesting is that Rufus was more willing to believe Dana than his, her own husband was her Correct. own husband. Correct. Yeah, he way. believes, he believes her beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And the first time that he expresses any kind of, you know, doubt or confusion is with the addition of Kevin. Mm-hmm. Like that's who's confused him. Like, 
he he automatically knows that Dana is different the second time that he sees her because the first time he's too busy you know drowning, drowning and, and four being, being four yeah. <laughs> right but like the second time when they finally strike up like a conversation like it's pretty obvious that he respects her mm-hmm. like he immediately stops calling her that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like it's not as though it takes her convincing him mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I feel like you know this is a kid who is uneducated mm-hmm. this is a kid who doesn't really know how to read this is a kid who, yeah, is privileged, but, like, is obviously on the lower end of the totem pole as far as, like, slave owners and mm-hmm. their children are concerned. You know what I mean? He's not, like, you know, some grandiose plantation where he has, you know, hundreds of people, you know, enslaved mm-hmm. to that property or whatever. They, you know, they live in this mansion or whatever. It's not even like that. It's, like, a smaller property. He's, like, a lesser, you know, noble, for lack of a term. Like a lower you know, middle class as a he's like a fancy farmer yeah like he's like a he's like a better farmer like that's it you know what i mean and like he has very limited knowledge of the world outside of his his purview H- him yeah. and his dad they both have very limited knowledge and yet he believes her more than her college educated writer published author husband that's yeah. See, see, and that we come back around to the loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. Where she was saying like, oh, you know, I didn't know loneliness. I thought I knew everything about loneliness until that night. And then I th- I knew even less about loneliness after he left. And in my head, I'm like, girl, you're alone all the time with him. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And he's like trying to make her addicted to him. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Hate Kevin. Nope. Yep. anybody that's named kevin that's listening to this is probably like really in their feels right now <laughs> well even rufus even rufus doesn't believe kevin mm-hmm. kevin has to like show him a coin yeah to prove that he's from where he's from like he implicitly believes dana beyond a shadow of a doubt and he's like oh you i don't know he has every reason to believe this other white man mm-hmm. that's the person he should have no problem believing and still he's like side eye i don't know about you because it's like he's so abrasive he really mm-hmm. is mm-hmm Ugh. So, my favorite thing is Dana and Kevin trying to think of situations that happen. But like Rufus is like, listen, I literally don't see anything about outside of this farm, so I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. And I, I like love that because yep. if I was in that situation, I don't know anything about American history. Yeah. So I'd be like, mm. they were like, John Quincy Adams is going to be president soon. I'm like, sure. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. I don't know. I know he's related to John Adams. I know that. Whew, look at me. <laughs> You're going better than I did because I know George Washington and that's it. Lincoln's yeah. in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Many years later. Yeah. 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 That's... I know there's a while between those two. I didn't. Saying, the av- I feel like the average American probably wouldn't be, this is what I mean, they wouldn't be able, especially this, this day and age, because you'd immediately go for your cell phone. Mm-hmm. You'd immediately go for your smartphone and be like, President... 1830 oh no wi-fi got it yeah okay well i don't know yeah i don't couldn't tell you and i think the thing too that makes me laugh is just like have you ever looked at what it takes to become a citizen in america oh it's nuts i don't know half the answers to that test no maybe not even half like i i remember when i was in middle school someone's mom i knew was becoming a citizen and like i looked at the example questions and i'm like mm, no idea couldn't tell you yeah i think, the I think everybody state should. was the hawaii 50 i think i think that everybody should have to should have to take that, that yeah. test 
every American should have to take it too. Yeah. Because then it gives you an opportunity to fill in your gaps of knowledge. And I feel like we'd all be a lot happier if we actually like knew the truth. Like I had somebody quote Hamilton to me as proof of something that happened in, in, in history. And I was like, you know, that's like a play someone like wrote, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's not like, you know, you know, that's not real. You know, right? that's like fanfic, right? They're like, but why would he have said that if it wasn't real? I'm like, because it's entertaining. Because he wants your money. I don't, I don't understand. What do you mean? Why wouldn't he say that? It's, right? it's a play. Like what? This person like genuinely thought they were like, no, you don't understand. Our founding fathers all hated slavery. I was like, Lin Manuel Miranda's cast hates slavery. Yeah, but our founding fathers were like, it's so good having free sex and free labor. Mm-hmm. Hate to break this, this is to wonderful. You, I love it so much. I don't really care because I'm going to convince people that these individuals are lower than humans and that they don't actually have feelings. So, shrug. Like that was the those were our founding fathers, and I think that like again with critical race theory. And the reason people get so touchy is because they're like, oh, we don't want to like shit talk our country. Mm-hmm. But like to me, it's more of a testament. And I mean, same with Dana, like it's more of a testament to strength. You know what I mean? To like to see where we've netted out, to see where we're going. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it makes it makes you more hopeful because you can see how far we've come in 200 years. Like you look at other countries like 200 years was just like how long their terribleness lasted mm-hmm. and then like more terribleness came after that. And then there were like three civil wars and like now things are sort of good. Like that's most like that's like half of Europe. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so like I feel like we're actually like doing pretty good if like in 250 years we've ended slavery and had a black president. Like mm-hmm. we're making slow strides, but they're strides. Yeah. You know, and we need to keep keep up with that momentum. But right now I feel like people are just like, we want to pretend that America wasn't once, you know, really young and stupid. And it's like, why? I I shaved my eyebrows one time. Like that was terrible. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna pretend that didn't happen. It taught me not to do that ever again. I feel like we're right on that cusp, too, <laughs> where it's like we can either start progressing or yeah. we can start Backslide. backsliding. Yeah. And we're right there. And I'm yeah. nervous. <laughs> me, too. Me, too. Me, too. Reading this book has made me both more nervous and less nervous at the same time. Rereading this. I will say. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. That's okay. I'm currently reading The Taking of Jake Livingston. And at Uh one point, he's like in English class. And he goes, I hate that we had to read such and such class. I don't remember who it was. And Mm. he's like, I'd rather read Octavia Butler. I'm like, pew, pew, pew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what's up? Octavia Butler is the best. First of all, also, if you haven't read The Taking of Jake Livingston yet. And it's this guy's debut novel. And... not a spoiler because it's literally immediate half one of the povs is in a serial killers serial killer no psychopath sociopath he shot up a school mass shooter yeah not a mass shooter mass shooter potentially a uh potentially a psychopath or a sociopath though so half of it's like in point usually or you know yeah half very of, interesting yeah it's it's buck wild so i will check that out please do and then text me great about cover it. art yeah for right? sure yeah, yeah no it's really good cover art i think you might like it it's twisted but that's all we have time for thank you all for listening candace where can people of the internet find you if you'd like to be found Everybody, you can find me um, at Candace the Magnificent on Instagram, all one word, um, as well as uh, YouTube. 
I do some content on my own time. Recently, I've been on an ice cream review kick. So please head over there and check me out. Uh, you can also find me um, at Valor Studios, V-A-L-O-R-E. I am one of their cast members of Deadlands, a tabletop role-playing game uh, vlog that airs on Twitch on Wednesday nights. And then uh, the episodes are uploaded onto YouTube on Fridays. And uh, you can also, hopefully soon, find me um, on Spotify. Dungeon Jedi Masters has a new show coming out called Scattered Choices. And I play Tula Batunde. So by the time we air this, it should be up. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. As I kind of mentioned at the beginning, we do have a Patreon, so if you want even more content, please consider checking out the Patreon account. That's the best way to help support the podcast and get access to a bunch of really great bonus content. Plus, you get access to the Discord, and the Discord will be a lot of fun, so please consider joining the Patreon. Um, we do have quite a bit of content coming out in the next few months, so make sure to check that out. Um, also, we're going to be doing Kindred for a while, but after Kindred, we are going to be doing Peter Pan, so that's, I just wanted to give you guys that little fun heads up for anybody that does listen to the outro. Um, yeah, so if you want to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on literally everything. Um, I love to make TikToks. They're not very good, but they're there. So, yeah, I will catch you all in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux, and I will catch you guys later. Bye!